1: Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football!
0: We did it. We're here. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. So happy to be here with you on this Monday. The holidays are right around the corner, but this feels like a holiday week every single year. It is state championship week across the state of Montana. We have state championships for all five classifications of high school football, and of course, We have the rivalry game for the 122nd time. And dare I say, I'm not ready to say it's the biggest rivalry game of all time, but it is certainly one of the biggest rivalry games of all time. A top five showdown in Missoula for all the marbles. The Big Sky Conference right now is in its 60th year, celebrating its 60th anniversary. The Big Sky was founded in 1963, and on Saturday... When number four Montana State comes into Washington Grizzly Stadium to take on number three Montana, it will be for the outright Big Sky title. Forget this the first time in the history of the rivalry. Granted, there were 62 matchups in this rivalry before the Big Sky Conference ever became uh, a league. And, of course, there's so many different caveats in terms of the overall record within the scope of this rivalry. We get to all that as well, the historical uh, platitudes and all of the historical significance of this upcoming game. But never, ever have both teams been ranked in the top five simultaneously when they played each other at the end of the season and never, ever has the winner of this game been able to be called the outright Big Sky Conference champion. So we will get you all set up. I am so excited for this week. I've been planning this week. Usually, you know, I'm like a football team. I take it one week at a time. I focus on the opponent at hand. We get it all mapped out every Sunday and early Monday. And then we roll through the week. And I'm usually not thinking about anything but that week. But I started planning this week two weeks ago because I wanted it to be a special one. I thought that the collision course had a really good chance of coming to to fruition And here we are. It has come to fruition. So, here's the deal. Today, a couple of your favorites will help uh, chip in here on on Nuana's Now. Andrew Houghton, our producer, and uh, also one of our lead writers at SkylineSportsMT.com. He will contribute to the Montana Football Hour here with me for the first half an hour. Then the second half an hour of the Montana Football Hour. One of our great friends, former co-host of this show, and the hype man, one of my favorite guys to talk about the rivalry with. Ryan Tutel will join us uh, from 4.30 to 5. Then hour number two, of course, the old standby, the man in black, Marty Mornoweg. More than a quarter century in the NFL. We'll have a little bit more Bobcat Grizzly talk in this uh, week's Monday afternoon quarterback. But, of course, we'll also recap uh, yet another fun and exciting week in the National Football League uh, throughout hour number two. Throughout the rest of the week, a lot of the lead segments will be what you're used to of we'll our big time prep extra tomorrow. Kyle Hanson's going to join us from uh, MTN Sports. We're going to talk all things high school football and also talk about uh, the rivalry game as well. Uh, we'll also have Sam Herder joining us for our four o'clock segment on Wednesday. Mike Kramer, multiple time Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year, he'll join us on Thursday, and then we'll have our uh, one of our other great in house contributors, Rajim Seabrook, leading the show on Friday but during the the 30 minute uh segments at 4:30 and 5:30 each day Tuesday through Friday we have a whole bunch of awesome former Bobcat and Grizz players joining us. I'll tell you the ones we've confirmed so far. I'm still working on the full lineup, but tomorrow, Denarius McGee, who's the uh, quarterbacks coach for the Houston Texans right now but an all-American quarterback times 2, a multiple-time Big Sky Conference Player of the Year at Montana State. He'll join us at 4.30. Dylan McFarland, a former NFL draft pick, one of Calspell's uh, f- finest and favorite sons, and uh, one of my favorite guys to talk Chris football with. He will join us at 5.30. On Wednesday, we're going to be coming to you live from Anaconda, Montana. Excited, excited, excited to be in Anaconda. Why Anaconda? Well... There's a whole bunch of great players from that neck of the woods on both sides of this rivalry. There's also a whole bunch of great history there in Anaconda. So uh, we'll hear from Sam Herter that day, but we'll also hear from uh, Nolan Askelson and Sean Chambers from Montana State. We'll hear from Braxton Hill and Levi Carroll from Montana. And then former Grizz and current USFL wide receiver Sammy Akem will also join us for the second hour of the show uh, while we broadcast live from Anaconda. So that will be very fun as well. Thursday... We, uh, we got it confirmed um, that Jordan Tripp will be in studio with us, former Grizz linebacker at 430 and still working on the Bobcat side of things, but hoping for Sean Sampson, former All-American Center, Helena uh, Capital product uh, for the 5:30 segment. And then on Friday, Chase Reynolds, Drummond, Montana's favorite, and uh, six years in the NFL, and then Travis Luley in hour number two. So we got, of course, quarter, former Bobcat quarterback, former All-American there at MSU. So we got some of the greatest players in the history of this rivalry joining us throughout the week. And, of course, we'll fill in all the rest of it with analysis, commentary, a whole bunch of high school football interviews as well. So let's get right into it. My best of the weekend, I went to Bozeman for the first time since the opening weekend of the football season. I know. I, I, let's start with this. Here's my PSA for the week. I'm going to try all week to call this just the rivalry game because there's so many people out there that get their panties all in a bunch about whether you call it Cat Grizz or Grizz Cat and what that means about your affiliation to the rivalry. We have no affiliation to the rivalry. I personally aesthetically think that Cat Grizz sounds better than Grizz Cat I think all the Grizz people out there that want to call it Grizz Cat, that's fine. I'm calling it the rivalry. I'm calling it the fiercest rivalry in the West. I'm calling it Montana versus Montana State or Montana State versus Montana. I'm going to try to keep it as ambiguous as possible. The other thing, I'm perfectly happy to call it the brawl, and that's it. Not the brawl of the wild. We don't live in the wild. We live in a city. Bozeman is also a city. (laughs) Sure, there's urban deer around here, but, you know, when's the last time you guys saw a bear? (laughs) I grew up Grant Creek, and I still haven't seen a bear in years. Unless I was in Yellowstone, it's not the Wild. It's a corny name. No offense to whoever coined it and, you know, all the the juice behind it. It's not for me. We're not using it. Other people will, I'm sure. And if you like it, awesome. We're not using it. The last thing I'll say is so often this rivalry brings out, quite honestly, the worst in people. And that's really too bad. Because this should be a celebration of one of the great communal events that we have in the state of Montana, period. The thing we love about going to Grizz games and going to Bobcat games is being around each other. Football is fun. It's exciting. It's awesome. But the reason we love college football is because it is a coming-of-age ceremony for young men. It is a great, true, proving ground for young men to perform for something bigger than themselves, to perform for each other, to perform for a community, to perform for a fan base, to perform for the history and legacy that they want to leave within the scope of their respective programs. One team is going to win on Saturday and the other one is going to lose. And I absolutely guarantee you that both teams are going to leave it all out on the field. The amount of heart and soul and blood, sweat and tears and all the desire and And all the agony and the ecstasy that's going to come out of this rivalry on Saturday, it's going to be an epically beautiful thing, no matter which side wins and which side loses. So save the toxicity. Save the vitriol. Hating each other and going crazy on each other on social media. I mean, it's already going nuts all over social media and on the message boards and stuff. Save it. And just enjoy it. It is totally cool to root for your team. It is totally awesome to have great passion for uh, the team that you affiliate yourselves with. But hating the other team, rooting for bad things to happen to the other team, it, it's, not, it's not healthy and it's not cool. So just enjoy it. This should be the display of some of the most talented young people that we have in the state of Montana performing for all of our entertainment for three and a half hours on Saturday afternoon. Enjoy that for what it is. I guarantee you every guy that gets into the game on Saturday, every guy that's suited up in this game on Saturday is going to have as much of a vested interest as a human can have in anything. They are all going to leave it out on the field. And guess what? They don't hate each other. They certainly want to beat each other, but they do not hate each other. The players do not hate each other. The coaches do not hate each other. So save the hate, save the toxicity. That's my PSA but I'm so uh, happy that we're to this part of the schedule and we're going to have a heck of a lot of fun uh, this weekend. No one is doubt, ESPN Radio. You want to stream the show, you always can, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live and you'll find the stream. Also, you want to be a part of the show? What do you think about this rivalry game? Who's favored? Who's not? What are the key matchups you want to hear about? What are some of the other interesting tidbits or factoids or uh, nuggets that you might have or might want to learn? Text us or call us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029, and all guests all week long will join us for the Rangish Brothers RV Fold line. I, we have been able to, thankfully, I have so much gratitude and uh, pride in this, This season has been a really crazy season in terms of the schedule. This is my 17th year coming to the Big Sky Conference, and this was absolutely in terms of the travel and where teams were going and what weekend overlapped with which weekend. It was the most challenging of my entire career, but, man, has it been so fun. But for whatever reason, the premier game featuring the Montana schools and subsequently the premier games within the Big Sky Conference every week have oftentimes been on the road. So I was thinking about going to Portland, but then my uh, one of my best friends who lives out there, he's doing a whole remodel on his house, and they're really behind on it. So he's like, man, you're always welcome here except for this weekend. Can't come this weekend. So I was like, all right, that's fine. So I went to Bozeman to watch Montana State's Senior Day against Eastern Washington. The Bobcats uh, completely rolled. We'll get to Eastern Washington later on in the week because I can't believe what's happened to that program. But Montana State... 41 unanswered points in the first half, and they cruised to a 57-14 victory. That was uh, during the day. There was a 1 p.m. kickoff there in Bozeman. So first time I've covered a 1 p.m. game feels like in a lifetime. Get all our stuff done. In time to go then watch the Grizz, which kicked at 7 p.m. Found a nice uh, hideaway pub to watch the Grizz game at, so watch that one. And uh, so it was cool to just be in Bozeman, but then also cool – to find a place that there was a bunch of people there in Bozeman very intently watching the Grizz game. That's the attitude I'm looking for, some engaged sports fans that uh, that knew, know and knew the ramifications of what's coming up this upcoming weekend. So that's my best of the weekend. The best of the weekend around the state, though. How about state championship matchups being set? First of all, there's three state champions that are defending state champs. Well, I, I guess two technically although I am putting Freud-Medicine uh, Lake in there as well, that remain alive for repeats. Florence Carlton has won back-to-back Class B state titles. They got past Red Lodge 40-26, to so they're into the state championship game for the third time in a row. They'll take on Manhattan. The Tigers defeated Jefferson 24-7, to so Florence is looking to become the first Class B team ever to three-peat. And Class C eight-man Belt also still alive for their second consecutive title. They had no trouble with Ennis. They cruised 44 to 6. And they'll take on Fairview. The Warriors decimated Fort Benton 48 to 12. Last time Fairview won a state title, by the way, 2019. And then it's Class C six man, Freud Lake. Actually, I must correct myself. I said last week that all five defending state champions were still alive and, uh, across the, the classifications. Not true, actually. Big Sandy was the six man champ last year. Freud Medicine Lake won it each of the previous two years. So if Freud Madison Lake was able to win it this year, that'd be their third state title in four seasons, but they're actually not working on back-to-back. But how about the effort by the Redhawks to get there? Last week, they beat Chester Joplin Inverness 79-75. <laughs> they had to score 36 straight to come all the way back and win 79-75. Then this week against Harleton, Rygate, Judith Gap, 82-70. to so for those uh, doing the math at home, that's 161 points the last two weeks for Freud Lake. <laughs> but they've also given up 145. So bet the over in the Class C-6 man game. Freud Lake will take on Centerville. They uh, had little trouble with Custer Heisha Melstone, 65-37 the final in that one. In Class AA, the seeds hold yet again. It goes chalk. We got one from the West, Kalispell Glacier versus one from the East uh, in Bozeman High School. The Hawks, the last remaining undefeated team in class AA, they won resoundingly in their state championship matchup, or their state championship rematch, excuse me, over Helena Capital 43-19. So AA will have a new state champion with Helena Capital losing in the final four. And Glacier, they've now won seven in a row after they beat Bozeman Gallatin 35-14. So Glacier, the top team in the West will travel to Bozeman, the top team in the East. Friday night Van Winkle Stadium will be the venue for the Class AA state championship game. In Class A, we'll also have a new state champion because Dillon, they bounced defending champion Lewistown, 26-14. The Beavers will host Columbia Falls after the Wildcats. They stayed hot. They go down to Corvallis and win 19-7. That's back-to-back road playoff victories for Columbia Falls to get into the state championship game, so uh, good job by them. I actually haven't checked when that Class A state championship game would be. I don't know if actually they have announced it either. The uh, Class B, Class C games are Saturday. The A game is Friday. I'll check back with you when the uh, the Class A uh, state football championship game uh, is scheduled for. It's about 10-football hour. Presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Dazzler's Car Wash. I know I keep saying this. Winter is coming. It hasn't actually gotten... Driving back from Bozeman was trippy. You know, second week of November. And it's, you know, 53 degrees. And you're just cruising down the highway going 85. You're just, you know, not worried about the snow drifts and the black ice. You're just rocking. So that was a little bit weird. But also, I mean, I can't complain. It was awesome. Um, But... Winter is coming, and when the snow does get here and they're putting de-icer all over the road, you don't want that stuff on the bottom of your car. I promise you it's going to mess up the undercarriage. It's going to get in the engine. It's going to mess up the paint. You don't want that stuff. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash. They're right next door to us here on Radio Way, so go check them out. Dazzler's Car Wash, the best car wash in the city of Missoula. Here's your Big Sky scoreboard from the weekend. Montana State, 57. Eastern Washington, 14. The one that makes this one on Saturday in Missoula for all the marbles. Weber State up ends Idaho, 31-29. I hate to say I told you so. I called that all week last week. Nobody wanted to believe me. But I just thought that Idaho was a little bit too big for their britches. And Weber State, despite their unbelievable struggles this year, they still have one of the more talented teams in the league. If you're good on the offensive line, you're good on the defensive line, you got elite defensive players like Winston Reed and Jack Bruce and Maxwell Anderson, you still have a chance. That's where Weber State's at. So they upend the Vandals. So I know now 5-2 and two in league play. Uh, Vandals are certainly still going to make the playoffs, and if they can beat Idaho State, they'll probably still get a seed. But that's certainly a, an impactful loss for them and also an impactful loss for this rivalry because if Idaho would have won against Weber – then they would have, if they could have beat Idaho State, they would have been, uh, they would have been the outright champions, but they would have had the the top designation because they would have beaten uh, Montana State. I guess if the Grizz would have beaten Montana State and Idaho would have won, the Grizz could have got the two seed. But Idaho had the inside track on the two seed and the auto bid into the playoffs, but they stubbed their toe against Weber, which means Montana, Montana State is for all the marbles, We will have a sole Big Sky Conference champion this year. Not a duel, not a shared. One Big Sky Conference champion. It's going to be the winner of Saturday afternoon's game between Montana State at Montana. Northern Arizona, they get past Northern Colorado, twenty-eight to seven. Sac State, they kind of went back and forth with Cal Poly a little bit, but they do pull away late. They win forty-one to thirty. So you got to think Sac State with seven Division One wins, they're probably into the playoffs. In the uh, the Hawkins Bowl, Dan Hawkins versus Cody Hawkins. UC Davis emerges over Idaho State 21-14. So the Aggies remain on the playoff bubble. Sac State UC Davis play uh, in Davis, the 70th edition of the Causeway Classic. And uh, Sac's in, I think, to the playoffs. But a win for Sac could maybe get them a seed or certainly get them a more favorable draw. They win for UC Davis, then they'll be 7-4, and then maybe both Sack and UC Davis get in, or maybe they choose one of the two. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Andrew? Is there any way? Do you think Sack State's for sure in the playoffs after they win over Cal Poly? Is there any way that Davis could knock Sack State out of the playoffs? Or is the only scenario if Davis won that then maybe they'd be the fifth team out of the big sky? I think it might come down to the wire there. I mean, I think Sac State definitely needs to win this game to uh, to be assured of that playoff spot. It knock them down right to seven and four, and then you have the Stanford win doing all the heavy lifting on their resume. As Sam Herter's mentioned it on this show, he's mentioned it a ton on Hero Sports. Going to be a a big bubble uh, this this year for uh, for the last couple teams into that twenty four team field. Uh, there's something bubbling up with North Carolina Central as well where they might be uh, a top 24 team, but they won't be playing in the SWAC championship game, so they, maybe they get a playoff spot. I think if you're SAC, you really, for all kinds of reasons, you need to win this Causeway Classic game last but not least because I think it writes you in pen in the playoff field. Uh, that's right. The Montana Football Hour presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Azul and then, of course, your last big sky score from Saturday, was uh, the Grizzlies beating Portland State 34 to 10, six straight now for Montana? Let's do, we usually do this in the middle part of the Montana football hour. Let's do three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Cats. They'll take a break, and Ryan Tutel will join us here uh, on Nuanas now. We'll just go back and forth. Three big things about the Bobcats, three big, three big things about the Grizz. Three big things, the first big thing, excuse me, about the Cats. Man, when the Cats have an initiative and they can get through uh, their initial script and they get out in front of you and they they seize the momentum, uh, there's a straight freight train. They just come down. I mean, this was unbelievable to watch, the way that they just ramshackled Eastern Washington. I mean, this game was 41-0 to with eight minutes to go in the second quarter. It was crazy. I mean, I, I watched it tangentially after that because they played so many backups and just seeing guys in the game or whatever. But this was... A no contest. I mean, this was a first-round knockout by Montana State. I guess you could say a second-round knockout, technically. But this was a KO, not a TKO. This was a flat, knock-you-all-the-way-out, Mike Tyson, late-1980s-style knockout. And uh, they did it in such efficient, impressive, and explosive fashion. And then we were able to just kind of watch the Weber State-Idaho game while the rest of the game at Bobcat Stadium uh, plays out. So that's your first big thing about the cats. When they get rolling downhill, look out. I, I actually think if they have the momentum and they have you guessing with your eyes with what they're doing in the run game and their RPO and the cornerbacks are making the right decisions, I actually think they're unstoppable. Like, I think there's no scenario in which you can stop them. You can slow down the cats. If you get them off schedule, you you, you mess with the reads that the quarterbacks are making and you make them, you start making them make wrong decisions if the quarterbacks, either Tommy Milan or Sean Chambers, aren't in a flow, you can certainly derail it. Or you can just play ball control like Idaho did. Idaho did both those things. They gave them a whole bunch of sort of false boxes and, and really kept the quarterbacks guessing. They also kept the offense off the field, possessed the ball for 42 minutes, and that's Montana State's lone biggest guy lost this year. So that's sort of the formula. We'll see if the Grizz can replicate it. First big thing about the Grizz coming out of the weekend. Their ability to make in-game adjustments, especially defensively, is such a departure from what ailed them last year. And it's one of the biggest difference makers for this Grizz team. For as, that they want to play a front-running type of style where they're out ahead of you and they just pile drive you. But it's actually not a coincidence to me that they've given up points early against Sac State and Portland State because they're kind of feeling it out. Then they make the adjustments, and they switch up all sorts of coverages on the back end, and they start bringing pressure from all over the formation. All of a sudden, they just bury you, and they go on these crazy runs, 34 straight against Sacramento State, and it was a 34-7 to run against Portland State. So I think their ability to make adjustments within games and then clamp down and just suffocate you, that's been one of the biggest difference makers this year for Montana. Second big thing about the Cats... When you see Sean Chambers in his true top form and he's healthy and he's in rhythm, it is so hard to think that he's not the guy because not only does he seem like he's the best quarterback at Montana State, he seems like he's the best quarterback in the conference and one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I don't know who's going to win offensive player of the year in the league this year. I do think at this exact moment, my vote would probably go to Giovanni McCoy or Hayden Hatton at Idaho because you can't just vote for the cat offense. <laughs> the player of the year in the in the big sky is either the Bobcat offensive line or the Bobcat running backs room or the Bobcat quarterback room. But you can't vote for room. <laughs> you can only vote for player. So I do think one of those two standouts to Ido is probably the, the front runner for that award. But when Sean Chambers has been the solo guy, and on Saturday he was only because they wanted to feature him center stage on his senior day, man, I mean, he just goes crazy. I mean, he's got three touchdown runs of more than 65 yards this year. I mean, he had five total touchdowns midway through the second quarter in this game. He just completely went off. Just went completely nuclear. That, though, to bring it all the way back around, is what also makes Tommy Malat special. Because Malat is willing to sort of give that front seat to Sean Chambers. And that unselfishness and the continuity of those two guys have and their ability to both be team captains and lead in their own way, that's what makes that's one of many factors that make the Montana State offense nearly impossible to stop. Second big thing about the Grizz, they play with such tenacity and intensity and ferocity, but the fact that they're playing also in a cool, calm, and collected fashion, I know those things are con- contrasting. But that's, that's the other biggest difference to me for this Grizz team. They're not on edge. They're not getting overwhelmed by the expectations. They're not trying to live up to all these internal and external narratives. They're just playing football. They are just flowing. The defense is just flowing to the ball. The offense, when they hit little skids or they look you know, downright mediocre, it doesn't matter. They just figure out a way to get back on track. The cumulative just cool of this Grizz team – is striking to me. To be able to be cool, calm, and collected, steady Eddie, never too high, never too low, but also play with the violence and aggressiveness that the Grizz play with, is pretty impressive. It's a it's a huge testament to the, their, especially the senior group of players, many of whom are playing their best football right now. And the third big thing about the Cats, I talked all offseason about how impressed I was with their... Focus and single-mindedness, and sort of uh, diligence in chasing this ultimate goal. And then they got knocked off the track a little bit when they lost at Idaho, and it puts their back it put their backs against the wall. And they 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 have this culture pyramid that they have on the wall in the locker room, and they have all these different elements that are goals of their program, and they want to check them off one at a time. Well, I think that they were fast-tracking towards checking a bunch off, and then all of a sudden they got derailed, and so then it made it even more important to readjust. So that's my third big thing about the Cats is I do think they've refocused, they've readjusted, they've refound their edge. And uh, regardless of the result on Saturday, I think they're going to be a very dangerous team in the postseason. Third big thing about the Cats, I do think that the removal of – everybody wanted to know how the – about the Grizz, excuse me. Everybody wanted to know – how do the Grizz replace all the All-American talent from a year ago? Well, they've done it utterly seamlessly, and the fact that they don't have a whole bunch of All-Americans, ironically, is going to make it, first of all, so they have several All-Americans. I mean, I think Braxton Hill's going to be an All-American candidate. I think Alex Gummer's a surefire All-American. Trevor Grady might get some All-American votes uh, for Montana. like Gilman's going to be a freshman All-American for sure. He might be in the mix as an All-American type guy. But the fact that they've been doing it as a group, rotating across the board. It was so weird because they've had this all-for-one, one-for-all, no-star mentality. That's Bobby Houck's system. When you have just a handful of guys rise above that, then it gets really weird. It gets all disjointed. Well, they don't have any of that. They don't have any of those disjointing factors now. They just have a whole bunch of guys that love playing with each other, that love playing together, and that's why they're sitting here at 9-1 and 1 going into uh, this, what many would argue, the biggest, most consequential, and most hyped rivalry game in the 122-year history of Montana versus Montana State. It's so the Montana Football Hour here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Monday. It's proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Not only is Dazzler's Car Wash thorough, it's also efficient. If you go over there, you know what you're doing. You can do the whole vacuum and get the towel to wipe down the inside while you're going through the deal. Get out of there, get, get all shined up by the guys on the other end with the towels and make your car all sparkly and shining clean. You can do it, if you're really going for it, by eight minutes. So you can get in, get out. Best car wash in Missoula. Check out Dazzler's Car Wash right here on Radio Way. More rivalry game talk. Ryan Tutel. Joining us here on Nuanas Now. Next, keep it right here. ESPN Radio.
1: We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players. We know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want.
0: If you've had a bad day, visit Schulte.
1: Multilaw.com now on ESPN
0: Radio Been rocking the uh, Rolling Stone's new album for the uh, last week or so Just so impressed man I mean these guys have been making music since the early 1960s and they're still just rocking out It's awesome, it's amazing Of course that song is not new but an old staple one of my favorite songs Welcome back is now ESPN Radio, SWX, Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. If you're just joining us, here's what's on the line Saturday as Montana hosts Montana State. First of all, in the most recent polls, Montana's number three and Montana State is number four, meaning this is the first top five matchup ever between these two rivals. There's been many, many times when one of the two is in the top five and the other is somewhere in the top 10 or 15 or 20. There's never been a time when they're both in the top five. The closest that we had was 2011 when Montana State was ranked number one for the first time since 1978 and the last time since 1978 because the number seven Grizz came into Bozeman, knocked off uh, Montana State 36 to 10. So there's one platitude for you. This is also for the outright Big Sky Conference Championship. Certainly. Like when the Cats beat the Grizz in 2002, 2003, and 2005, that helped the Cats share the Big Sky title with the Grizz. When the Grizz beat the Cats a variety of times, that was a part of Big Sky title runs. The the Grizz, of course, famously won 15 out of 18 Big Sky Conference titles, including 12 in a row. So certainly many of those season finales against the Cats helped sew up Big Sky titles on the Montana side. There's also been times where one team beat the other team, so they shared it. But in terms of the winner is the Big Sky champion and the loser is not, and no one else is the Big Sky champion but the winner of this game, that is the first time in the history of this rivalry dating back to 1963. Of course, a lot of people don't know this. This There's a 122nd meeting between these two squads, but they weren't in the same conference for most of the first 62. They've only been in the same league for the last 60. So I guess the last 59, this will be the 60th meeting, as Big Sky Conference members, so first time ever they're in the top five. First time ever that uh, the outright uh, Big Sky Conference title is on the line. Couple more stats for you: the overall record, the Grizz are up seventy-three to forty-two. There's been five ties in the Big Sky era, though the Grizz are up 32-27, so a lot more even. And then in the Great Divide Trophy era, the Great Divide Trophy has existed since two thousand and two. Since then, it's ten to ten. 10 wins for each side. Montana won 8 out of 10 during that last 20, but the Cats have won 5 out of 6 and 7 out of the last 11. So the momentum, the pendulum, it's certainly swaying to both sides uh, throughout uh, this rivalry. It's Montana Football Hour here on Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio. Do we have the Gusman? Man? We do, Ryan Tuttle on the line. What's up, man? How you doing? What's going on up there in the uh, the Flathead Valley?
1: Hey, man, just uh, just I mean, I'm doing what everybody else in the state is doing, just counting down the days to Saturday. You know, We're just letting the letting the seconds tick by and uh, get myself all riled up. I can't wait. It's going to be one of the great. Uh, it, it's always, obviously, a great matchup. It's the game of the year every year. But uh, as you just sort of highlighted, uh, this is an all time matchup, even, even by the, the, the Cat Grizz standard. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's phenomenal. I love this week. Well, there's always
0: these, these various different elements, right? Like when one team has everything to play for and the other team only has the rivalry game to play for, like it was in 2016, for example, when the Cats were you know, a 3-7 and seven team and they're coming into Washington Grizz and the Grizz are trying to make the playoffs under Bob Stitt and they'd already beat NDSU, but then the Cats knock them off. That like adds to the Super Bowl of Montana type element because it is like this this ultimate game, right? But then there's also the, the times when one team's a little better than the other. So one's an underdog and one's a favorite, and how does that work out? There's also just the scope of the recent history of the rivalry. But this one is the first time in a long time where the winner is absolutely getting one of the top three seeds in the playoffs, and I would say the two seed. The loser, though, I also think is going to get a seed and buys uh, in the first round of the playoffs. How do you think
1: that element adds to this? I I love it, man, it, it, because first of all, these are two of the top, for sure, five, maybe two of the top three teams in the country, right? So they're playing each other in a rivalry game and. Believe me, the winner is going to get all the love that there is to get, and the loser is going to be licking their wounds in virtue of this game. But the body of work that these two teams have compiled over the course of the entire season means that they already, like their ticket to the postseason is punched, and certainly uh, there's no question in my mind their seed in terms of of having a bye, being one of the top eight teams regardless of outcome of this game, should also not be in question and that's as it should be. And that's just another thing that makes the FCS better than the current layout for the FBS. I mean, think of, Ohio state Michigan is going to play right last, last week of the season. Almost certainly the loser of that game is out. And that is insane. Like those are two of the best four teams is. in the country. And the, the idea that, that, the loser of that game, because there will be one, because that's the way football works, uh, doesn't get to be in the postseason or won't be in the playoff. Now, I realize there's a chance it could happen, but you understand what I'm saying. It's idiotic. So, it took them, oh, a hundred years to get to a 12-team playoff in the FBS congratulations, finally next season. It's going to be, and it's going to be fantastic and how it should be. So they'll finally have an actual honest-to-goodness national champion for the first time in the history of the sport at the FBS level. But now here at the FCS, we can enjoy it on Saturday and it's going to be at at a, you know, a 10 out of 10. We all all know what it's going to be. But also what's on the line is the pride of the game. It's the pride of the state. And you don't have to... Uh, worry about, you know, your postseason destiny and controlling where you're going to go. Now, look, it is still going to be a harder path for the loser, as it should be, right? You're going to have a loss. You're going to be a lower seed, and it, it, it probably your path through the bracket, when you're talking about another month worth of football, becomes more difficult. So it's not like there's nothing on the line for the postseason here, but also it's not your playoff life that's on the line, which it should not be.
0: Ryan right. Tutel here on New Otis Now. It's Montana Football Hour presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter and all year long at Dazzler's Car Wash. I've always said that, I, you know, the Michigan-Ohio State example is such an interesting one. It's a good one. Not only because I agree with everything you said about the, the uh, flaws in the system currently and in previous years in the FBS, but also, like, people also forget about this rivalry game. The, uh, the rivalry game to Montana, Montana State, for a long time, was not the end game of the season. I do think there's actually some some benefits to that because I think you could still have this, this great game filled with passion. But I also understand the other side. You want it to be this collision course. You want it to be the Super Bowl of Montana. But I also wonder how much sometimes this impacts the, the postseason draws for these teams. And that is... Uh, an interesting fold in this one because I do think that winner and loser both get playoff seeds but I think the winner is going to get the two seed which means you get to be at home if you keep winning all the way until the national championship game that is the single biggest indicator to success and to making a deep playoff run in this current iteration of the FCS playoff formula you look at the history of the Cats and the Grizz how many road playoff games have they ever won well one each that's it The rest of the time, all their playoff wins are coming at home at their respective home venues. And that makes sense, both because of the fan bases, the size, the weather, all that. How much do you think that's going to be playing into just the mentality of these teams, though? Because, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see. Because if you get, you know, let's say the 7, now all of a sudden you might be matched up again in the quarterfinals of the playoffs. I don't think the committee would do that. But then the six. I think that's in play. Maybe you're going to go play Furman out of uh, you know on the eastern side of the country. I don't know. What do you what do you think of just the the fact that not only does the winner get the title, not only does the winner get the Great Divide Trophy, but they also get almost certainly to stay at home for the duration of the playoffs.
1: Well, obviously that is a huge deal. It's a, it's a it's a huge deal. It also it also literally doesn't matter in this game to me. For sure, that's like. The, 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 that is a byproduct of what happens on Saturday, of a result of the game. But n- nothing is going to material, uh, materially change on the field because the two seed is is likely on the line. Like, everything's just going to be spilled out there just like it always is, but I think especially for when you talk about the Big Sky Conference Championship, but the rivalry is bigger than all of it, man. Like, that's the beauty of this game. The rivalry of this one game, it, 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 everything else is subsumed within that. It's not, oh, like, we got to win this game for the seed that we're going to get or for the Big Sky Conference Championship. or for No, we got to win this game because it's the Cats. We got to win this game because it's the Grizz. And everything else, is, is within that tent, and that is why this is beautiful every mid-November, every single year.
0: Let's take a break, and then we'll talk some of the X's and O's, some of the uh, on-the-field matchups in this game and how we maybe think it's going to all play out. Ryan joined joining me, Coulter is here on Nuanas Now. More on the Montana Football Hour right after this.
1: 9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana television. Besides the top
0: five rankings, besides the Great Divide trophy, besides the Big Sky Conference outright championship, and and besides the number two seed on the line for the 122nd rendition of Montana versus Montana State on the football field, one of the best part about Saturday, I give you two. One, the game kicks at noon That's glorious. Second, College Game Day is not coming to Missoula. I know I sound like a hater, but I just thought it was going to be so redundant and silly if they came to Missoula the year after coming to Bozeman, the year after screwing Missoula over. I, I didn't want it. I want College Game Day to come to my hometown fiercely, but not now, not this year. I'm so glad they're going to James Madison instead. The time will come. Washington Grizzly Stadium will be on College Game Day someday, and I bet you it's someday soon, but I'm glad it's not this weekend. Welcome back, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're joined on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line for the Montana Football Hour by Ryan Tutel, former co-host of the show, contributor at SkylineSportsMT.com, and also one of our co-hosts, at least the second half of this Chris season, for our ESPN College Game Day. Uh, Gus, I know we were texting about it. I asked you, buy or sell college game day going to Harrisonburg, Virginia, instead of Missoula, Montana, and you say?
1: Well, I say that it's it's the most obvious thing ever. I mean, they're not going to come back-to-back years, even though the venue's different to the Cat Grizz game, even though this is actually an even better matchup on the national scale and oh, for sort sure. of in general at the level of the division than last year's was. But uh, yeah, it just was never gonna happen, and that's fine. I'm actually surprised though. This is the third time. I didn't know this that they're at JMU. That's pretty wild. Uh, I think this might be the first time that James Madison's in the FBS. But uh, good for them for getting uh, for getting game day. And I'm I'm kind of with you. Like let's just spread it out a little bit here. It's fine.
0: They'll will be back. The draw, the Mystica Missoula, all that sort of stuff. They're gonna come to Missoula someday. I I, I almost guarantee it. So uh, be patient,
1: Grizz well, fans. The other thing too that I think is like very much worth noting is as it is right now, the, the rivalry game is a week before Rivalry Saturday at right. the FBS level, and that matters. And so you you know they want to get some of the smaller schools uh, some uh, you know some love, and this is obviously the perfect time for that. So yeah, I mean uh, let's let's take a look at twenty twenty six and see where we're at, or twenty twenty five rather than and uh, and uh, and see if we get game day uh, there. Well, let's talk just about this upcoming matchup then.
0: What sort of things, let's start with the Montana side. What sort of things do the Grizz need to continue and carry over that they've done during this six-game winning streak into this matchup on Saturday?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they, they've played incredibly sound football all the way around, and, and that will uh, be paramount on Saturday. Um, Sometimes the obvious things are just the obvious things for a reason, but, you know, their run defense is going to have to be the best that it's been all season. The only team that has stopped Montana State from running the football this year is Montana State. When they chose to stop handing the ball off for reasons that are totally confounding against Idaho and lost the game, Uh, I don't think that's going to happen Saturday. They are going to run left, right, middle, sideways with everybody they got on Saturday. And Montana, I think, is better positioned defensively, both personnel-wise and even maybe a scheme-wise a little bit, to deal with the running game than they have in years past. Um, Montana State's going to get yards on the ground, man. They just are. So the question is, though, can you do a bend and not break? Can you get off the field on third down? You know, that sort of thing for the Grizzlies. And then the other thing, too, is Montana State has been, been really good at, you know, when you run the ball so much, it's easy to start to lose a little bit of focus on the edge. And they have hit some big plays down the field when teams, you know, are kind of sleeping on it or, and pick and choose those spots. And Montana has got to be on high alert defensively for some of those shot plays that Montana State will take, you know, after, after they've run the ball eight times in a
0: row. One other interesting factor in this game is that although both Sean Chambers, who's a senior, and Tommy Blatt, who's a junior, are both veterans... Neither one of them has started a rivalry game in Missoula. They, Tommy Mott started last year in Bozeman. That's his first rivalry game start. Sean Chambers never started one. He obviously is not really the starter, but you know they go back and forth. On the other side, though, Clifton McDowell, this will be his, his first experience with this thing, period. So you have a whole bunch of quarterbacks that have never played in Missoula in the rivalry game. We see this so often at the top level of college football, Ryan. The unraveling of quarterbacks being one of, if not the key factors in the game. Yeah. Often, we don't really see that in the big sky, except for quarterbacks unraveling in Missoula and Bozeman, because those are the places that make you unravel. <laughs> what do you think of that element, though? Just the fact, I mean, to me, I think that's one of the key factors in the game for the Cats, is Tommy Molot and or Sean Chambers being able to handle what is sure to be a completely raucous environment on Saturday in Missoula
1: for sure and and I think you're uh, a 1000% spot on in terms of the quarterback play and the way that it is affected because of the environment and the reality of the rivalry and you know when when Clifton McDowell in the post game says you know the battle of the brawl or whatever they call it you just go like it's not his fault man he's not <laughs> right. he didn't he, he, doesn't, he doesn't know it's like you can't get experience till you get it but I'm going to tell you this man he has no Clue What is in store for him on Saturday. And even though it's a home game for the Grizzlies, it's going to be a partisan Montana crowd. Like the energy, the electricity, it's just going to be like nothing he's ever experienced, period, in his life. And I don't know how he's going to respond to that. And I have sung the praises of Clifton McDowell with the one exception truly being that Northern Colorado game where I thought he played quite poorly to be honest with you and uh, and Ayat came in and, and really got that thing going for the Grizzlies but outside of that I think he's been absolutely outstanding um, that said be, you could be a great quarterback who's not ready for a moment or just doesn't understand what it's like to play in that venue at that uh, you know in a, in a Cat Grizz game and it can go sideways for Ayat obviously a legacy guy so he knows all about this rivalry but again he's He's never been in it. You know, he's a freshman. So if he ends up seeing any time out there, we'll see how that goes. I do think in terms of just whether you call it nerves or just mental emotional preparation when it comes to the quarterbacks, Montana State, I think, has less um, threats, right? There's a smaller array of outcomes for those guys. Certainly there's going to be nerves. For, for Chambers, for lot, but they have been there. They know what this is about, and they've won, man. Like, they they they, 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 they have uh, since they've had that victory in a Cat Grizz game. So um, if I was going to check a box in terms of just the mental and sort of emotional part of this, I would probably go with Montana State's quarterbacks in this one for that reason.
0: Ryan Tutel here on is Now, ESPN Radio. You can also find him each Tuesday. Tuesday is with Tutel. That was actually the original yeah. name of our charter ESPN show 11 <laughs> years ago, and uh, we've reignited it. Ryan joins me for a YouTube conversation. They're actually telling me now, Gus, we need we need to put it on the podcast too because. We've had some people say, hey, we love looking at you guys. We've had some other people say, hey, we just like listening to you guys. So put that thing on the podcast channel as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. You can find Tuesdays with Tutel and the Big Sky Breakdown podcast extension as well as on the Skyline Sports YouTube channel. That's once a week. Make it easy for you on Tuesdays. Uh, last thing for you then, Ryan. <laughs> One thing I thought was yeah. so interesting in uh, just being at the the Montana press conference, which featured Bobby Houck. Braxton Hill, Levi Caro and A.J. Forbes. They were relatively forthcoming and, and uh, entertaining with what they said, which was a little bit surprising. But yeah. the one thing they did not talk about, and it was very clear that it had been instructed across the program, was they did not want to talk about previous matchups with the Cats, particularly the last two times they went to Bozeman, plus the one in Missoula. They were, every single guy said, hey, Whatever happened in the past is this. Whatever we're focused on this game, these guys, this rivalry, this quest. And Bobby Houck said the same thing. He said it's totally unproductive to talk about the past. I'm here to talk about this game, and that is all. How much though do you think previous games, particularly the way that the the Cats won in Bozeman last year, played at the mentality of the Grizz, and vice versa as well. The last time the I mean, the, the Cats have only played completely terrible. Twice in the Brent Vegan era, and one of them was two years ago in Missoula. How much do you think the previous matchups planted the mentality of these teams?
1: Well, I do think they do. Um, I'm, I I wouldn't put like some kind of percentage or number on it. I do think it matters. Um, Vegan, you know, we talked about the quarterbacks, you know, Clifton McDowell, his first game. Guess what? That was Brent Vegan's very first Cat Grizz game, and he got walloped uh, in that football game. Then he comes back a year later, knows what it's about, got a great team and they, they and they they got it done so I think that stuff does matter the history and the players who have been there before, but I completely agree with coach how can his approach because as far as he's concerned and, and I think truly it doesn't matter on Saturday. like you're going to roll out there and see what you got this year, this season, in this venue, and you know that stuff it, it's influential, and I think like if you go back to the streak man like it's just this, it's just this gorilla on the back of Montana state where it is year after year. You just know Montana's going to beat Montana state in football, right? And it's, you know, 16 straight, whatever. And you, and you do this thing, but in this dynamic now, it's a, it's a much more even split. And if anything, certainly the last five years, Montana state's had the better of it. And so that is, it, it's a factor. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, when they kick that thing off, all that goes out the window. You know It's like, who gets that first big hit? Who has the first big play? Who can settle in? Who can execute? We won't be talking about what happened in 2022 or 2021 while the game is played. Of course, that's part of the narrative and the ongoing arc of what is the beauty of Cat Grizz. but in, in for, for 60 minutes Saturday, it's just who can do it between the lines, and that is ultimately what matters.
0: He's Ryan right, Tootel. You check him out on Tuesdays with Tootel on com Intermittently here on New Orleans Now, as well as for our ESPN College Game Day pregame show on Saturday. Gus, can't wait to see you, man. Thanks so much for chiming in today, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, but thanks so much for being here.
1: Best week of the year. Thanks, brother.
0: New Orleans Now, ESPN Radio Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's Car Wash. Right next to us here at Missoula Broadcasting Company on Radio Way out North Reserve in Missoula. Our one of the books, our two coming at you. The Monday afternoon quarterback. Plenty more rivalry talk. And of course, Montana's brand of the NFL presented by Stackman Bank, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty Mortiweg. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio.